Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Now You Know podcast with your host, Pastor Mark Vega. This is Pastor Mark Vega with another episode of Now You Know, where every week we're bringing fresh material, we're debunking myths, and speaking of topics that are seldomly spoken of. And I want to give everyone an opportunity to get into the Word of God, grab a bite, get in your computer, your tablet, your tablet, your phone, and invite someone, share this, like this, subscribe to our page. We're on YouTube, follow us on Instagram, on Facebook. God is really doing amazing things through technology, and I'm glad that we're able to utilize that in times which we live in. You know, in any moment, there can be a cyber attack, and instantaneously, we can be blacked out. And so we want to make sure that we're using mediums, we're preparing the church, we're not doomsday preachers, but we're definitely, definitely eschatologically mindful and knowing that these are the last days according to scripture and if 2000 years ago Jesus said we're in the final hour trust me 2000 years later we're in the final seconds and so I encourage you encourage you to find a church that speaks truth biblical truth relevant biblical truth and find a place where you whether you're single whether you're an adult whether you're married whether you're divorced, whatever your situation is, whatever your addiction is, whatever your battle is, whatever your struggle is, whatever your life has served you, whatever whatever type of life you've been served, I want you to know that there are no surprises to God. And so find a church, get plugged into a life group, serve, become part of the community, become connected. The secret sauce to being delivered is to be in a position where you can deliver others. <clears throat> so that'll be topic for another day. But I want to talk to you today from the subject, from the subject breaking affirmation addiction. Breaking affirmation addiction. And I think that today we've got quite a podcast. And I wanna I wanna let you know that these are topics that have been dear to our heart. The Lord has really branded our heart with many of these topics, and uh, we just don't we just don't come week after week pulling rabbits out of a hat. These are topics that we understand are relevant, are important. And today, I'm going to use the word affirmation. You're going to hear that word often. I'm going to use the word affirmation. And and again, the topic for today is. Breaking affirmation addiction. Breaking affirmation addiction. I want to say it one more time. Breaking <clears throat> affirmation addiction. You know, there's a verse in the Bible that really resonates with me. It's, it's found in Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. Galatians chapter number 1, verse number 10. And it's Paul speaking to the church. And Paul is speaking to the church, and he tells them, obviously, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. He says, if pleasing people were my goal, 
I would not be Christ's servant. Now I want you to pay attention to that. Paul again reiterates, it's obvious that I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. I want to talk about trying to win the approval and the affirmation of people. And I see that ingrained in our culture. I see that ingrained in lifestyles. I see that ingrained in upbringings, whether you're black, brown, Anglo, whatever your, your, whatever your background is, your culture is, I think, I think that we, we're almost setting up children to, to live a life of performance, to live a life of performance. And it starts, and I believe, I believe in the reward system. The Bible is loaded with reward systems. As a matter of fact, before David defeats Goliath, he asks, what will be given to whoever defeats this giant? There is a reward system. Paul talks about the reward system. Jesus spoke often about the reward system. There are parables about reward systems. But this is very different than what we've conjured up in our culture where parents are parenting in fear. In fear. And we have to negotiate with our children. We've lowered the field, the playing field. We've, we've, we've made, we've, we've eliminated the authoritative leverage as parents. And now children are the one who dictate what church their parents go to. Children are dictating the way the home is ran. Children are dictating the way blended families should respond to issues. Children. And I'm going to tell you, if you are a church planter, I'm going to parenthetically insert this. If you want, if you want, if you want to become appealing to the masses, go after the children. Because the, the parents are going to plant themselves where their children are content and happy. Regardless if the word is diluted, regardless if there is no word, there is no structure, there is no theology, there's constant disorder. If my child is treated like a VIP during children's church or and or if my child is benefiting and he's happy or she's happy and she's receiving in youth service, then I'll suffer the consequences. But I will plant our family in that church. No longer do parents lead the way. Children are leading the way. Children are leading the masses. When it comes to affirmation addiction, I think it's, I think it's primarily one of the primary causes are because parents are setting their children up for a life of performance. Think about it. Think about it. Parents negotiate with their kids. The whole, the whole allowance system, the allowance system, what that does is that that tears down 
any any structure, any disciplinary structure, any honor structure, it tears it down because the children now are performing for a wage, for Nintendo, for a trip, for money. You know how many parents have to pay their kids to do their dishes? You know how many parents pay their kids to keep their room clean? You know how many parents, you know how many parents have to negotiate with their children and have to reward them monetarily or by affirming their requests? And I think that this sets them up because parents giving kids allowance, that's permissible, but it can be damaging. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not brushing with a broad stroke. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying parents be careful that we're not ingraining performance into our children. Because guess what? There will be a time where you cannot afford that allowance. And if you have ingrained that and that child has become addicted to receiving when he or she performs, when they clean, when they cook, when they iron, when they wash their, 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 their clothes, when they clean their room, when they do something extracurricular and you don't have anything to give them, it's going, it's going to create a war. Now, I, I, I must say, I must say, Jesus had a lot to say about honor. Jesus had a lot to say about this. And there's one verse in particular that is mesmerizing. I came across it recently, once again. And it's in Luke 17, verse 7. I'm going to go from 7 to 10. I want you to get this because this is powerful. If you have a Bible, you need to, you need to go there. Jesus is saying, after he spoke of forgiveness and he spoke about forgiving those that offend you and you got to do it 70 times 7 if they repent. But he says in 17.7, suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now, sit and eat? So listen to verse 7. He's saying, he's saying, suppose, suppose you have someone working for you on the field with the sheep. They're plowing, they're farming, they're seeding, they're reaping. When he comes in from that sweaty, hot, baking under the sun, laborious task, should he be invited to sit down and eat because of what he did? Listen to verse 8. Won't he rather say, now, I know you're hot, I know you're sweaty, I know you're tired, but I need you to continue working, prepare my supper, get yourself ready, and wait on me while I eat and drink. I'm going to eat and drink. I want you to wait for me, wait on me. After I finish, then you can go ahead. Listen to verse 9. Will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say you are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. My God. How insensitive, you might say. This is Jesus talking. How insensitive. He's saying, if you have somebody working for you and they're plowing the fields and they're doing what they what they signed up to do, why should you get out of your way 
to accommodate their need if they're doing their duty. Now listen, before you send me a nasty email, before you before before you DM me with something nasty, I just want you to know I read your Bible. That's your Bible. And you can quantify that, you can exegete that, you can try to read it in Greek, you can read it in Hebrew, you can read it in Aramaic, in Spanish, whatever your language. Jesus seems insensitive. But here is what he is saying. Why? He's saying, why? Why? And in Spanish, this is the word. In Spanish, and I don't know how to say it in English. ¿Por qué estamos alcahueteando? Why, why are we going bending backwards when it's their duty? God forbid today somebody does something and we don't, we forget to send them a card. Thank you card and applause. And I am one, I believe in affirmation, affirming the ones that work and the ones that labor and the ones that toil. We have dinners. We have celebratory services, we have gifts, we gift them, our church, we gift our, our, our volunteer associate pastors, we'll take them on a cruise, we'll, we, we, we're, we give them a month off, each and every associate pastor in our church gets a month off per year. I just want you to know, I don't want you to think that this is coming from a tyrannical uh, vantage point. No, no, I, I, I'm, I'm reading scripture and I'm just letting you know it's okay it's okay to demand someone's duty. It's okay. It's okay if you tell your child, listen, you're going to clean your room, and if you don't clean your room, you're not going to be able to have the leisure you were going to have. And you're not being mean. And DCF is not going to come and pick your child up from you simply because you have decided to have order and discipline. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. And here's where it starts, right? We start <clears throat> our kids. Anything that our kids do, we want to reward them as if they were puppies. That's what you do to a puppy. That's what you do to a pet. But sometimes we want to reward our kids. We over-reward them. We, we, we over-reward them to such a degree that they won't budge or move unless there is compensation. And so since they're young, they'll start performing. Are, are you listening? That's why I believe the Bible says that in the last days, people, the heart of the people will wax cold. People will become highly offended. Hearts get turned today in churches if we, if we don't say thank you. If we overlook, if we, God forbid, God forbid you thank the ones you remembered and left someone out. God forbid. Because the, oftentimes the person you left out and didn't thank them publicly will want to leave the church. This is the church today. <clears throat> Ecumenically yet, nonetheless, the church. We've become 
weaker, we've been diluted because we have over-affirmed to such a degree that it is the drug, it is the intoxifying drug, it is like dope, it is like heroin. Unless we get that affirmation, we cannot function. And let me tell you, the honeymoon stage only lasts several months. This is an issue. And let me tell you the base of that issue. The issue is, and the issue is caused because we do not know our value. We have no encounter with Christ and understand who Christ is, nor who we are in Christ. You got to know who you are. You got to know whose you are, and you got to know where you are. You got to know that you're accepted. When I came to Christ and I started I started gorging on the word. I started reading voraciously. I started eating the word. I began to understand that I am accepted in Christ. I am his child. I am a disciple. I am a friend of Christ. I've been justified. I'm united with the Lord. I am one with him in spirit. I have been bought with a price and I belong to God. I don't belong to nobody. I belong to God. I'm a member of Christ's body. I've been chosen by God, adopted as his child. I have been redeemed. I've been forgiven for all my sins. I'm complete in him. I don't need anybody to complete me. I didn't get married to get complete. I didn't, I didn't get a, I didn't go for that major so I can become complete. No, I am complete in him. I have direct access to the throne of grace. I've got the spirit of God in me, not with me, in me. I've got angelic protection. I am followed. I'm stalked by goodness and mercy. I've got the Holy Spirit that speaks to me and tells me what God says and brings messages from the throne room into the throne of my heart and conveys to me when I don't even know what to say. The Spirit of God speaks for me. He intercedes for me and through me and with me. I've got I've got Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding for me. He's praying for me. I've got the power of intercession. I don't pray for people. I pray as them. I'm a world changer. I'm a history maker. I'm a curse breaker. I knew instantly who I was in Christ. And you've got to know who you are in Christ. And then you need to know the security that you have in Christ. So you're not chasing for gold in dumpsters. You're not looking for theological truths within the minds and within the mouths of the intellectual frozen chosen that don't even know what they're talking about, Paul said. I am secure. I am free from condemnation. That means that I cannot get condemned. My mind might want to condemn me because my mind is in cahoots with the cosmos, with those systems of this world. My flesh, my flesh is ungodly, it's anti-Christ. My flesh hates God. It hates prayer. It hates the word. It hates who occupies him, which is the spirit of God. Matter of fact, Galatians 5.17 says that the flesh and the spirit fight each other. They, they wrestle against each other so that I would not do what I should do. But I am free from condemnation. I am assured that God's work for my good in all circumstances. I am free from any condemnation brought against me. 
and I cannot be separated from the love of God. I cannot. The devil can't do that. No one can do that. You might not like me, but you can't separate me from the love of God. Why? Because I've been established. That's 2 Corinthians 1, 22 and, 20, and 1, 21. I've been established in him. I've been anointed by him. I've been sealed by God. I'm hidden. I'm hidden. I'm hidden in Christ. <clears throat> I am confident that God will complete the good work that he started in me. In other words, I'm a work in progress, baby. And I know that I haven't reach the plateaus that I need to reach, but I'm nowhere near where I was before. I am hidden in Christ. I'm confident that God will complete it. I am a citizen of heaven. I know I got a Florida driver license, but my citizenship is in heaven. I got a passport, but my citizenship is in heaven. I have not been given a spirit of fear. I have not been given a spirit of fear. I got a spirit of power, though. I got a spirit of love. I got a sound mind. I am born of God, and the evil one cannot touch me. He cannot touch me. And let me tell you about my significance. My significance stands. So I am not only not only am I am I secure, I am accepted. That means that he already accepts me. I don't have to perform for you. I don't have to get your affirmation. I don't have to preach for an applause. I don't preach for notoriety. I don't need a million followers. I don't need I don't need the accolades of men. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, whenever I'm speaking well of you, be careful. Be careful. Be careful because when you are living a life that God has called you to live, you're going to have haters. What do you do with the haters? You pray for them. You bless those that curse you. You pray for your enemies. I am significant. I matter. Yo importo. I am important before God. I am, how am I significant? I'm a branch of Jesus Christ, the true vine. I am a channel of his life. I have been chosen and appointed by God to bear fruit, not just fruit, good fruit. I've been chosen to to bear good works. I am God's temple. I'm a minister. I am a minister of the assemblies of God. Praise God for that denomination. Praise God for the denominations that are standing and holding the line. But can I tell you, I am a minister of reconciliation for God. I am seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly realms. I am God's workmanship. I am his craft. I am his poetry. I am his poem. I am. I can approach God with freedom and with confidence. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What does that mean? I can suffer what I need to suffer, and I will not retard. I will not regress. I will not go in fetal position, and I will not. I will not retreat. I will stand and do what God has called me to do. I will stand when others are sitting. I will speak when others are silent, and I will be be when others turn their backs. That is the power and the value of God's word. That's why in John 15, 7, Jesus said, if you remain in me, my words remain in you, whatever you ask from the Father shall be done. Now, if that is not your substratum, if that is not your constitution, if that is not your foundation, if that is not your rock, if that is not your fundamental cap your fundamental stands and position and you're performing, you will never be content. You will never be content. You will always be an ambition. I'm sorry. You will always be an affirmation addict. 
You will always be concerned of what others are thinking about you. You will always have trouble recognizing your own needs. You will always say yes, yes, yes to people, even if it comes at the expense of sacrificing your own needs. That is not being a servant of Christ. That is, that is being a servant of fear. You will have difficulty expressing opinions contrary to those that you're close to. You will, you, will, you will receive doses like endorphins, doses of happiness, because the happiness will always be predicated by your happenings. What I'm telling you today is that there's more to happiness. It's called the joy of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, approval addicts, affirmation addicts, generally suffer from lack of self-esteem. Why? Because they are void of God's word. They're void of their worth, of their value, of their principle. They, they renege. They concede their they concede their principle and their value. They concede. Are you listening to me, my friend? They concede their appreciation by the opinions of others. They 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 concede it. Their reward is a simple applause. But it is a drug that you will need day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. And can I tell you, the love that you're seeking, it's awarded for doing. And when, when, when the love that you're seeking is awarded for doing, there's no intrinsic worth associated with just being. We're performers, almost performing like like a person will perform in a circus. And here's the greatest detriment. There's no lasting peace. There's always a next summit, a next mountain, a higher profile, and a higher accomplishment, a greater achievement, a stronger, a stronger competitor to beat. And we live in this deep dissatisfaction and this craving for validation ultimately 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 coming from the accolades not from being father i declare healing i declare health i declare the longevity of life of marriage and of ministry over their lives in jesus name i pray amen 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 again this is pastor mark vega until next week remember you are secure you are affirmed and you are significant. God bless you.